0: Hey guys, welcome back to my podcast. Today I wanted to do a quick overview of spinal cord trauma or spinal cord syndrome, which is basically when a patient has a history of a recent back trauma with varying amounts of weakness and sensory loss at or below the injury and the pattern will depend on whether the spinal cord injury is complete or incomplete. So this might include arm and or leg weakness. This will include or might include paralysis, breathing difficulty, um, spasticity, which is like increased um, what do you call it? muscle tone or muscle spasm. And then they might have altered sensation, numbness, pain, loss of bowel or bladder control. They might be constipated. They might all of a sudden become incontinent. Um, The bladder might have spasms, so they can't control their uh, bladder and urinating, so they might urinate on themselves, or they might feel like they have the need to pee. They just can't have regular bladder control, essentially. They also might have um, rapid blood pressure fluctuations, abnormal sweating, and thermoregulation. These are like injuries that are in the cervical or the high thoracic uh, part of the spinal cord. They might lose um, their sensation, some reflexes, and they might lose the mobility below the level of injury. They might get some nausea and vomiting. So immediate interventions that would need to be done is you would need to, um, once the patient has gone through the traumatic event, immobilize their spine. So this will be either with a light traction hold the head and neck in a neutral alignment and try to put a c-spine collar on and um, move the body very very carefully um, making sure that it is in alignment and that when you're moving the patient their neck or um, their neck basically stays stable and neutral and doesn't bend or move any which way and also you want to immobilize them or put Immobilize the entire body on a backboard for carrying them if they're not already at a hospital. Um, You want to make sure that the legs and the torso are secured prior to securing the headboard. And then, of course, you're assessing their airway, making sure that it is patent, making sure their breathing is okay, making sure that um, their circulatory status is okay, they're not going into circulatory shock, blood pressure is okay, and it's not out of whack. And then also you're assessing their level of consciousness, their mental status, and of course, you're always assessing their vital vitals during all of this. And then your focused assessment might be examining the spine for any lacerations, um, any swelling, any hematoma, any deformities. And then you're assessing their mobility, what the patient can do. Um, you might ask them to open um, their fists and close it and see what their... Um, ability to move their limbs are. You can ask them to squeeze your hand, you can ask them to move their toes, um, turn their feet. So basically you're doing, doing a neurological assessment at this point to see what's intact and what's affected neurologically. And then you're assessing in Your neuro assessment, their sensation. So you're asking them for any numbness, any tingling, any altered sensation they might have. You're touching the patient lightly and saying, "Can you feel this? Can you feel this? Can you feel that?" And just going through all the limbs and kind of just seeing what they can and cannot feel for sensation. And you're comparing it to um, each side of the body to make sure that it is bilateral, whatever they're feeling, or if it's unilateral. Um, And then, of course, you're frequently assessing their motor and sensory function. And then, of course, always notifying the physician if there's something new in your assessment that you find that wasn't there on your previous assessment. And then you're continuing to assess their blood pressure, their um, SpO2, oxygen saturation, their temperature. And then um, also you're looking for potential complications of spinal injury. So you're looking for neurogenic shock, this, or you're looking for any hypothermia, any hypotension without tachycardia. They might have spinal shock, and this can include urinary and bowel retention leading to abdominal distension, ileus, or a delayed gastric emptying, and then also autonomic ref- hyperreflexia. Which can um, be respiratory compromise, nutritional decline, skin breakdown, urinary retention, constipation. Um, and then you're of course, whenever you're moving the patient, you're making sure that you're maintaining their spinal um you're stabilizing their spine when you're moving them and you're not twisting them when you're moving them, you're moving them as straight as possible. And you're like a log, log rolling them side to side if you're doing patient care. So you wanna move them very carefully so that you don't um, make the injury worse, essentially. And of course, always documenting and communicating with the team what you find and things just to keep in mind if you get a patient with a spinal cord injury is you um, wanna make sure that their saturation's okay, so be prepared to administer oxygen, monitor their oxygen saturation. um, If they are, or if you're in the ICU, Um, just be prepared to set up and assist with intubation to maintain their airway if their airway is compromised. And then also be prepared if it's severe enough to have the patient be placed into a spinal traction to maintain the alignment of their spine. And then, of course, monitoring their cardiac rhythm, getting an ECG, getting a 12 lead, monitoring their vitals, um, and just just kind of assisting with diagnosing and doing all of the lab work that needs to be done for them. And then, of course, always making sure that they have um, IV access so that you may give any IV fluid, IV medications, anything that will need to be given intravenously will need access for the patient. And then, of course, be prepared to insert a uh, a nasal gastric tube so that these people can be can be provided nutrition throughout all of this um, going on. Other than that, um, other possible etiologies, of course, would be blunt or penetrating trauma. There might be a a pedestrian could get hit by a car, or um, the patient could be in a motor vehicle accident. They could have some spinal lesion or abscess that can also cause um, spinal injury. So that's it for my quick overview of spinal cord trauma or spinal cord syndrome. I hope you guys enjoy, and I will see you in the next episode. Have a great rest of your day. Happy studying. Bye now.